Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM Podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello everyone and welcome to the CIM podcast series and you know over the last few years we've done a lot about building your brand externally, less about building your brand internally. But today we've got two experts with us coming back to this podcast and there'll be names that you know well. We have Mr Paul Hitchens with us who is a CIM educator and expert on branding and who better than Sarah Lee Boone who is at CIM itself as director of people so is sitting exactly on that crossover point between HR and marketing. Paul, Sarah, how are you today? Good thanks, hi there. It's great to great to have you on the show again, and uh, it's it's been too long. It's always too long uh, between uh, your visits. Uh, always great to have you back on the series. Now, Sarah, you know we've spent a lot of time over these last two years on the series talking about external branding. We spent less time on branding ourselves as organisations and branding ourselves to our own employees. As somebody who sort of sits at that nexus of marketing and HR. Why are employees so important to marketing? And do you think we pay enough attention to marketing ourselves internally? They are really, really important to our brand. Um, Our employer brand is very, very powerful. And employees can be really strong brand advocates. I think some organisations don't pay enough attention to it. And I feel that you should pay as much attention to your employee experience as you do your customer experience, because the two really do work side by side. Um, And that's the approach we take at CIM. And I'm really fortunate to be an HR professional in a marketing organisation, because I can then work very closely with my colleagues in marketing to use some of the techniques and tools that are very common in marketing to help me manage our internal stakeholders um, and understand, you know, how we can appeal to them and, and give them that really great experience. You're sort of unique. You're almost unique amongst uh, HR people in that you are an HR boss, uh, 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 an HR expert who works for a professional body who's, which is dedicated to marketing. So while it's great to hear that CIM is competent at uh, this internal marketing and, and employer branding, do you think that extends to other organisations? Um, and, and if so, uh, to what extent? I think it's beginning to. And I think educators such as Paul are really helping people to understand the importance of internal um, comms and internal branding. And more and more, um, the HR approach is towards employee experience. So I think it is beginning to happen. And I think that people are really beginning to see the benefits of it. But I guess the the bit that is um, slower to happen is those two teams sort of coming together because in some ways they have seen perhaps to be quite different. But actually, there are so many commonalities between the two teams. Um, I find it really energising and really exciting working with their marketing. And most organisations have got a marketing team that they can draw on. Paul Hitchens, you work with clients on, on branding external and in, internal. What are the steps you take in order to get them to make that alignment that Sarah is alluding to? 
most people in the UK are working in the service sector or in an SME. Um, the, rea the reality is that, that we are essentially the business. The people are the business. So therefore, ultimately, the brand experience is determined by the quality of your people. Now, Peter Drucker famously gave us that that quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast so if your culture isn't healthy you're going to have a huge problem the brand is going to be determined by the quality of your people and the way they get to along with each other and with their with their external suppliers customers the way that they engage if they're not engaged in their work you're not going to have a healthy culture and that's going to be problematic what people say about you is going to reflect poorly, and ultimately, that is going to be the measure of the brand. Now, as Jeff Bezos so famously said, you know, it's what they say about you when you're not in the room. So what are people saying about your organisation based on the experiences that your employees are providing? If they're unhappy in their work, if they're disengaged, there's going to be a problem. So we really need to concentrate on the employer brand. It's interesting to use that word culture. Given that we haven't been... Uh, co-located pretty much any of the time for the last 14 months or so. Do you think that the effects of the pandemic have been a bit counterproductive on building the sorts of positive cultures that Paul is alluding to? I think it takes work. I think it takes a planned approach. Um, it doesn't perhaps happen quite as easily. Those opportunities to engage with people and delight people within the organisation perhaps are slightly fewer. So you have to make them happen. Um, so it's a bit more conscious. Um, but I think it can be done. Um, it, it just needs planning, really. I think you just need to actively have a strategy around your employee engagement, um, your internal comms. And that's really where, again, you know, working alongside your marketing colleagues really helps because you can draw on their expertise to do that. Is the risk that HR becomes too process driven and, and, and more about uh, regulation? and uh, guidelines and it is about engagement and excitement yes in in a short answer yeah i think there is that there is certainly a move in the hr community now to move away from the process policies you know one size fits all um, and much more towards looking at employee groups personas looking at how you can devise your policies and procedures that that need to sort of be the foundation of good practice in the organization but how they can actually be in place in a way that meet your customers needs you know not a one size fits all you would never take that approach with your customers so yeah. why would you take that approach with your employees you know personas are very very important um, and a really good tool to say what do we need to do for certain groups again in an organization like cim we're, we're very diverse in that we have lots of different business streams and so personas have really helped us because definitely one size fits all wouldn't work for us um it's it's definitely a move that is within hr communities it'll take a while for it to feed through but I think that's what businesses are looking for now. They're realising the power that that employee advocate can have. And it's something actually that your competition cannot replicate. You, you can't get that anywhere else. You know, your employees saying how great you are to work for, what a great brand you are, is really powerful. It's interesting, isn't it, Paul? You're out in the field working with clients to try and build up this positive image for, through their employees. 
you, I dare say, have a few battles to fight where HR people tend to the uh, uh, procedural and against uh, away from necessarily the engagement and the excitement. But how do you make the case as a branding expert when you're working with clients that what this is about, what employee employer branding is about, is to create a fleet of employee ambassadors? I say you can't afford not to. This would be the end of the business. You know, a bad culture is going to bring the business down. It, it does. It, it, when you can create a, 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 a thriving culture of uh, employees who love the work that they're doing, engage in what they're doing, um, you you create something that um, is a magnet for other people who aspire to work at that level, to who see it as a beacon for that particular career. So in every industry, um, you know, we're the Chartered Institute of Marketing, we're standing for marketing excellence. There'll be agencies that marketers are aware of, that they would aspire to, that they would love to be alumni of, that would be a real badge of honour if they ever see that name on their CV. As recruiters, they'll be looking for certain organisations that they want a more mature person to come in and join their company. It could be as much as a jewel, not just their years of experience and their qualifications, but the companies that they've worked for. They become a huge indicator. It's a really valuable asset. Ultimately, it really is the brand. I'm finding with organisations that I'm working with that actually, in truth, the brand began with the employer brand. It begins with the very first employee. An entrepreneur at some point will find that if they're going to grow and scale up this business, they're going to need people to come and work with them. Initially, they're probably going to choose people that they feel are right. They have a gut feeling about them. They like them. They're on the same page. They probably haven't really taken it apart, uh, unpackaged what's actually happening. But as we scale up the business, you'll find that that entrepreneur, that business startup won't be there in the room to interview everybody. They're going to need specialists, HR people to help them scale up the business. The problem can begin when the HR team possibly doesn't truly understand what is at the soul, the heart of that entrepreneur that began that business? Because they start, they can, and it's you know, it, it is a criticism. It's something we have to be careful of. Sometimes start to create a different alternative idea of what this business is about. So it's absolutely critical that we understand what are those entrepreneurial values that began the business, that purpose that drives it along, so we can scale that up. We develop a strategic narrative. So that narrative, that that um, that journey, that beginning, that origin story excites everybody, and they understand what part they can play on that journey. You know, there's this uh, famous story about um, visiting the, the 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 space center, and there's a man with a broom, but broom brushing away, and, and the president asks him, "Excuse me, sir, what are you doing?" He says, "I'm helping to put a, a man on the moon." But we all understand at the heart of it that no matter what you're doing, whether you're driving you know, a delivery vehicle, whether you're filing accounts, that we're actually all can be connected with, to, with the higher purpose of what the brand is about. And that comes from values. That's interesting, isn't it, Sarah? That There is a point about authenticity, about having an employee message is somehow speaks more to authenticity than having a corporate message. That if we talk to an employee who perhaps can tell us casually whether they like working somewhere, that has a real power, doesn't it, if they give a positive, positive message? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, to what Paul was saying, it comes from the 
I suppose, the heart of the business? Who is that person who first had that vision that this entity could become a business? How how did their, um, I guess it's to do with um, their values, perhaps, and, you know, what they believe in as an individual and what the organisation stands for. And, you know, to talk about how you build a positive culture is probably a few more podcasts, I would imagine. But, you know, your purpose and your your strategic narrative around what you're about is key to driving that because people will buy into that. You know, are you proud to work for this organisation? If people can say, yes, I am proud, that you know that they're going to give it they're all um, and you know again a bit like the man on the moon analogy Richard Branson is often quoted for some of his business insights but you know he is very very keen on the idea that you know you replicate your employee experience with your customer experience and that you should treat your your employees as well as if not better than your customers because they will be your biggest advocates and the ambassadors for your brand beyond the powerful role they have in in branding you know and in an image if you like and the authentic role they have as um, ambassadors there's something about building a brand internally that speaks to the actual productivity on the ground isn't there and you know if um uh, we can engage and create a positive message for employers, Paul Hitchens, does that naturally uh, lead to greater productivity? And what we're gonna need in the next few months and years ahead is productivity to try and get us out of the mess that we've been in with the um, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, uh, it's quite interesting actually, because there was a recent survey um, and uh, it, um, it's from uh, best companies to work for. And quite surprisingly, it, it, it actually said that during this pandemic, that engagement has been incredibly high. Right. Now, um, uh, and maybe that's not what we would have quite expected. I, I, I don't know. But uh, what we've seen, though, is that um, I, I suppose new ways of working has freshened it up. We found new ways of connecting with each other. We've been more dependent on that lifeline. The Edelman Trust Barometer is uh, a, a, a huge insight into where we are right now and is quite illuminating. What we see is that business now is riding high. You know, governments, institutions are, are not being trusted. Uh, we're finding that the media and fake news is not being trusted. But where trust is growing is in business. And this is a huge opportunity for business leaders to step into that place, to convey trust, you know, to be the ultimate brand uh, guardian uh, that uh, stands for everything that the brand believes in um, and has built its its uh, its customer relationships on. So, you know, when we start to listen to our CEOs and we and we depend on them for this the insights and the truth of where where this business is going, our job security, um, we um we, we see we see the real strength of internal engagement, internal communication. So it's very important that we understand that uh, there's a massive role that internal comms, HR and marketing working together can play at this particular time. As Edelman have identified that trust and the opportunities for trust lie within business, then we as the natural communicators of, of uh, what's happening through policy, through uh, the narrative of the organisation, 
have a vital role to play in securing that. What do you think the barriers are to building that effectiveness and, and, and trust, Sarah? Well, we are going to need to, a super productive workforce, not just yeah. in marketing, but certainly in marketing, we will for the next, uh, probably next two years or more. What are the barriers, do you think, that to building that effectiveness and trust that people are likely to encounter in the, in the months ahead? As we, we know, productivity in the UK really lags behind, and there are a number of reasons for that. Um, and I think we've seen a number of organisations, ourselves included, where engagement has really been very high during um, the pandemic. Um, EMPS scores going really high, things sort of really increasing. And I think it is, as Paul was saying, about that trust. Um, and about the perhaps the need for more communication and better communication. You know, you've really had to plan it. So you've got to have a strategy around how you are going to engage your employees, what sort of communications you're going to have, where you're going to target that. Um, and I think that's got to continue. The biggest barriers will be, I think, if we try and just then say, well, the pandemic's over, so actually we can forget that now and move on to something else. This is going to be a big differentiator for businesses. I think other barriers to that productivity piece are around investing in your teams, you know, investing in the development of your teams. That's really, really important. One of the reasons UK productivity is so poor is that we traditionally do not invest in people. Um, and, you know, marketing, especially a bit like HR, is seen to be the term that I really hate, a backroom function. Um, and, you know, it's a cost. So we're always back of the queue in terms of development. So I think that is a really, could be a big barrier if we don't look at what skills we need and the importance of bringing those marketing skills into the organisation. That's going to be exacerbated, if anything, isn't it, as you say, after the pandemic, because will it, is the danger that it goes even further to the back of the queue when people think, well, we've got other, other priorities? Absolutely. It is a big danger that that's going to happen. And it really can't. Um, you know, again, you know, echoing what Paula said, you cannot afford to ignore this. You cannot afford to say, oh, it doesn't matter. We're not going to do it. We're, you know, um, Hayes carried out a survey recently in which they identified that over 60% of people in the marketing profession are looking to change roles in the next 12 months. If you don't want your business to spend the next 12 months simply turning over staff and replacing really good talent, um, then you've got to sit up and take notice of this. It's really important. Are you finding that with clients at the moment, Paul? You're talking to them, presumably, about post-pandemic world. Have you got any hints that actually... Uh, there, there, there may not be enough emphasis on the L&D side, on the training, on the investing in the people that there needs to be. I haven't actually, to be honest, no. Um, I, I, maybe it's because the kind of businesses that we're working with are obviously investing in their brand. Um, but if we look at some of the external um, indexes that are available to us, like Glassdoor, we can see that really echoes what that Hayes survey uh, uh, is suggesting. In fact, HR managers are far more content and happier and engaged in their in their roles and functions than the marketing managers are. Um, so, in fact, if we have a look at Glassdoor uh, and the current scores, we can see that HR managers rank at number 14, whereas marketing managers are at number 22. Um, uh, so it's 
interesting and also we can also clearly see that those marketing managers are clearly considering you know looking for other roles too so the measures really are are how the employees feel about those organizations and i always turn to this i always use it as a way of highlighting to uh, to uh, those delegates who come on the CIM training courses and to my clients as well, their industry. So if I want to um, give them the confidence to uh, show them why it's so important to invest in training, we can look at their industry and their competitors and see uh, where the confidence ratings are in their CEOs um, and, the, and the levels of engagement. And then we can start to feel, ask, answer questions about well, what do we do next? Engage for success, I think, is a very important movement. I, I alert everybody to it if you've not heard of it. HR professionals will be very familiar with the Engage for Success movement now. It's a really important area where marketers can work together with uh, with HR because I really believe that employee engagement is the thriving of the brand. Uh, it really is the intersection where the brand really does meet HR. You know, we've talked about the importance of a strategic narrative. That's going to come from you know the top. Yeah, we get the, the it's living it, believing it from the CEO. And then it depends on your line managers. You know, CEOs and top management can't be everywhere all the time. So, you know, in terms of the employer brand and internal internal communication is largely going to be dependent on effective line managers. So we really need to work with them closely. So if you wanted to create a kind of a team that's going to help you uh, create a, a, a sort of a legion of, of uh, brand ambassadors, the people that you call closest to you are those line managers and keep in regular contact with them. Get them to celebrate those stories of employee excellence. Get them to remind everybody of the important anniversaries that this organisation is, is approaching, of the important events that are happening globally that are significant to the strategy of the brand. And those engaging managers need to be uh, able to empathise with their employees and spot talent, let them know when things aren't going quite right, but invest in them. And as much as once a week, mentor them to help them grow. Um, again, studies you know, by Engage for Success have highlighted the need for line managers to invest in mentoring and training their, their staff. We need to let those employees have a voice as well. That means two things have to happen, Sarah Lee Boone. One, we have to make sure we're empowering line managers. Two, we have to make sure that we're emboldening employees. Yes, absolutely. It is really important that line managers get that message and understand the importance of our people to the brand and that internal sense of pride and the strategic narrative. It, it comes from the top of the organisation, but it really does have to cascade all the way through. And Again, you know, as Paul has said, that employee voice is really key to engagement. You have to ask your people what they think. You have to engage them and give them the opportunity to have a voice. But more than anything, you have to demonstrate that you have heard and that you are taking action. One of the biggest downsides of um surveying employees and customers as well um, is that there is this perception that they've given you all of this information and you haven't done anything with it so you have to have a very clear plan around making sure that you feed back to people that you've heard what they've said and be really honest so building trust 
is based in that honesty. You know, OK, you've raised three points here. We can actually work on two of those. One of them we can't deal with right now. Be honest, be open. People are not going to, you know, be concerned that you can't do something if you're really honest about it. They they will just respect that you have had that honesty to tell them. People won't take just being flannelled off with any information. You know, we've seen that with government. Trust has gone there, but we can build trust in our organisations. And that is the key to that advocacy and that ambassadorship that we see from employees. So let's make it happen. You know, we, we're going we to build strong employer brands. We're going to build productivity and we're going to build advocacy through a fleet of great employee ambassadors. Paul Hitchens, let's make it happen. If marketers and HR professionals tomorrow should start on one thing to get us down this road, what should it be? Well, I, I think uh, a campaign of engagement, uh, an employee engagement campaign that is built around the narrative of the purpose. So that in a way that everybody can understand it, so it becomes an employee value proposition. It's relevant to everybody regardless of their function. So it doesn't just become a sort of nice to have um, kind of blue sky thinking idea, but it actually is very relevant to them in their, in their working roles. And we help them identify what is expected, what the brand really stands for, and then see where that is interacting in their own real world experience. You know, is it dealing with uh, late payments of, of uh, your on your supply chain uh, for an accounts department? Is it um, bad bad road holding behavior for uh, somebody driving a delivery vehicle? Whichever function you're in, you know, where can you see the brand, the purpose in it uh, and become a steward of it to bring it to life? So this, uh, creating a campaign of engagement, I think, is a really exciting place, particularly for, for marketers to work together with, with HR. Um, and what it does do then provides um, a lot of content. You know, the, 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 the rewards of it, the benefits of it become stories that we can uh, populate our social media with, uh, update our websites with, um, put on our blogs. And it's natural. It's authentic. It's actually related to what we're doing, as opposed to some um, jumping on a bandwagon um, and, and seeing... Um, that you know yes we want to save the planet uh, uh, as a kind of um, a consciousness um, uh, uh, opportunity but not really necessarily relevant to what the organization is about if the purpose is actually everybody can understand and see how it relates to what this organization is actually about what what the output is then it's going to feel far more authentic I think this is a really, really exciting area where it can then it can manifest itself in multiple ways, you know, through external events, through recruitment fairs. You know, we've got to think long term about this organisation. Sarah, you're at the vanguard, really, of leading your organisation through HR and through marketing uh, into, a, into what we hope will be a brave new world of high engagement and high productivity. When you're sat at your desk in September and you're thinking, right, what's the one thing we need to do here uh, to deliver this? What sorts of projects will you be looking towards? Well, I think that, you know, we've we're already quite a way down this road. But key to you know what you can do is bring employee engagement to the centre of your business strategy. 
align it with your colleagues in marketing and align it with your customer experience activities. Ensure that it is um, you know, key. It's not a nice to have. It's not just a oh, an HR thing, you know, to keep people happy. Um, it goes beyond that now. It is it is key to your success. You know, marketing plays a crucial role in delivering business growth. And part of that is working on this employee brand and engagement that will continue to drive that business growth. It's You can't ignore it. So I guess if I could give one piece of advice don't just rest on your laurels and think it will go away because it won't. It won't. We want to. We want to make the most of it and do do our very best. Sarah Lee Boone, Paul Hitchens, thank you very much indeed for your time today. It's been great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Effective leadership is crucial to delivering the best employee experience. If you're looking to develop the leadership competencies within your organisation, CIM's Award in Resource Management, which forms part of the Level 6 Diploma in Professional Marketing, will enable your marketing managers to effectively develop and deploy staff to deliver the best results. More details of this module and our full range of qualifications can be found at cim.co.uk forward slash qualifications. On our website, you can also find more details of Paul Hitchens' employer branding training courses, which are available in a variety of flexible formats. Thanks for listening. CIM Marketing Podcast.